brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and most actively on Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you'd like to engage with the show with thoughts, questions, comments, maybe suggestions for episodes, you can send us an email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. Now, my name is Eric Carter, and I am your host. And joining me once again, my good friend, Mr. Joe Fornerado. Joe, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Eric. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to get to this uh this is going to be a really fun and interesting episode, so I'm I'm really thankful that you asked me to be on this one. Well, yeah, and and this episode is really spawned by you searching the Batman timeline, so that's that's uh this this one's all on you, buddy. Yeah, it's it's actually been really fun trying to figure out uh you know what episodes we want to cover on here, and uh, I thank you for for giving me that opportunity because it's. You know, this is one of those things where it was kind of like, all right, let's let's see what kind of anniversaries are coming up. And, you know, we came across this one and it gives us an excuse to talk about a really cool character. <laughs> For sure, because today we are celebrating the fact that how what was the what was the exact date? Do you remember? I think it was actually in the summer. I don't remember the date. Um, it was in an uh, was it an issue of Gotham Knights? Possibly. My recall yeah. is not great on that. Um, but it was, oh, let's see. I'm not exactly sure of the date, but I'm pretty sure it was the summer. Summer of. Was it 96 or 2001? 2000, was it? 2001? Yes, it was 2001. So summer of t- 2001, I'm sorry, we did not prepare very well for this. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not good. But. <laughs> we are celebrating the anniversary of the day that uh, Bruce Wayne officially adopted Dick Grayson as his son. And why do you ask? Because we will find any excuse to celebrate a Batman anniversary, no matter how obscure or arbitrary. <laughs> Isn't that right, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was 2001 and it was, let's see, Bruce Wayne officially dobs Dick Grayson in Batman Gotham Knights number 17 in July. I do not have the exact date, but it was July. Ah, so 20 years ago. Yep. 
yeah. So that, and it's also timely, you know, because well, last year we this show didn't exist, so we didn't get a chance to celebrate Robin's 80th anniversary. So this is kind of a make good for that. And uh, also, this is this is kind of timely because we just recently received news uh, not too long ago from a friend of the show, Sean O'Connell, that a, a Nightwing film is still on the table at WB, so fingers crossed on that. And aside from that, I mean, Dick Grayson is a, is a key member of the Bat family, and sometimes he even dons the cape and cowl himself. So he is, he is a Batman. Um, so we felt that he deserves recognition. And today, that recognition that we are going to give Dick Grayson is that we are here to rank our top five Dick Grayson stories. And aside from just celebrating Dick Grayson, Joe, I really love ranking episodes because we don't know what what's on each other's lists. And I just I, I think these these shows are really fun. Yeah, it's fun to see what stories people can pull from. And and with Dick Grayson, especially as Robin, there's not a lot of stories, um, modern stories with him as Robin. So, you know, and we're not sticking just to him as Robin with this with this list, but uh there are so many stories of Dick Grayson and so many great stories with him that it'll be interesting to see what difference, what differences our list have. Yeah, for sure. And, and as you said, yeah, there's a, actually, I'll be honest, there's not too many actual Robin stories on my list. That's kind of a spoiler, but the thing is, and I think, I think other people have discussed this before. I may have even discussed this. Um, I don't think of Dick Grayson really as Robin anymore. He's just, he's become so much of a strong character on his own outside of the Robin mantle. I really, I think of him as Nightwing. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how that's going to go for my list. Well, yeah, it's, it's actually tough because with all the films we've had for Batman, we've only had Robin on screen for two films and they're not exactly the most highly acclaimed films in the Batman world. So it's weird that, you know, when you look at all the comics that we read, most of them do involve Dick Grayson as Nightwing or, and, and most of us our age think of Tim Drake as Robin. Mm -hmm. So when you think about like, all right, what would they, what would we want to see in a film? It's kind of hard to skip over Robin. I mean, uh, Dick Grayson is Robin but we do still think of him as Nightwing. And, and so I am glad they're going to make a Nightwing movie, hopefully. And we get to see hopefully some flashbacks of his time at Robin. And, and that's why I'm really thankful for the Titans TV show because we got to see him as Robin on that. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's a, that's a awesome rec uh, version of Robin that we, and Nightwing that isn't on my list or my honorable mentions, but I, I do really enjoy Titans. So that's a good mention there, Joe. But um, this is the first ranking we've done on this show. Uh, so here are the rules that I've come up with. Um, we will first start with our honorable mentions. And we're not going to dive deep into those. We're just going to you know, go through them real quick. And then we will get into the actual list of five through one. We're going to go back and forth. I, um, Joe's going to state his five. I'm going to state mine. So on and so forth. Um, and then we're going to talk about each one briefly. Um, if there are repeats on our list, for instance, say Joe's number five is my number three, we simply state that we're going to take a pass and move on. And then we'll, the other person will get to that story when they get to it. 
Um, but on our list, we are not restricting it to just comics. Any Robin story is on the table, whether it be um, TV show, comic book, movie, anything. Any Robin story involving, or any Dick Grayson story, excuse me, is open and fair game. And it's a good thing because I have it on, on good authority that Batman Forever is Joe's number one. Right, Joe? <laughs> um, your authority is wrong. <laughs> that's, uh, I would I would get your money back for that info. That's for sure. Um, damn, damn that Brendan Lowe. <laughs> no, that would be uh, Batman the Animated Series, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, we are going to jump headlong into our top five Dick Grayson stories. So let's start off with our honorable mentions. Joe, what are your honorable mentions? Okay, so real quick running through. Um, I have the Old Wounds episode of the new Batman Adventures. I think that's Ooh. a great Dick Grayson episode. And I have the Judas Contract, the comic storyline. <laughs> and I would also include the movie. I think the movie is very good. Um, as much as I love that story and it's a great story, it is it is centered around Dick Grayson for the most part, but it's still not enough to crack the top five. Right. And then I do have the Titans episode, ironically titled Jason Todd. I just think that's a great um dick grayson episode as well confronting zuko and all that and then i have robin year one by chuck dixon um hmm. it's a it's a great retelling of his it's not even a retelling it's it's a modern version of his um of his origin story basically uh, but it, it, it's a pretty long story and it goes into a lot of stuff. Chuck Dixon does a great job with that. And then I also have uh, dark victory, which oh, is very nice. About that. No, it's funny. I, um, you mentioned Robin year one. I don't think that's going to be the last time we hear Chuck Dixon's name on this episode. <laughs> no, I, I, I highly doubt that. Uh, a lot of 90 stories probably. <laughs> and they, yeah, most of them do include Chuck Dixon. Yes. So it's interesting already. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated because you have a lot more motion media on your list than I assumed you would. And you have a ton more than, than I had. So yeah, for my, I will say for my top five, it's mostly comics. Mm -hmm. The, I wanted to put some of the motion stuff in my honorable mentions, but for my top five, I, you know, I won't say the exact number, but most of it is comics. Well, yeah, and, and that's one of the fun things also about these ranking episodes is, is sometimes you hear things and you're like, oh, damn it, I didn't even think about that. So, well, yeah, I have a feeling that's going to happen with, with me is you're going to say, like, you're number five, and I'm going to be like, oh, why did I not think of that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that will be interesting to see. But before yeah. we get there, um, my honorable mentions. So we have a little bit of overlap already because – uh, and I said we'd hear Chuck Dixon's name again, and here it is again, because I also had Robin Year One on my honorable mentions. And it's uh, thanks to you that not long ago I read that. So, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Batman Dark Victory is also on my honorable mentions. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's some more overlap. Um, my others are Nightwing Better Than Batman and Nightwing Must Die from uh, the, the Rebirth era. Mm -hmm. And my last one is Grant Morrison's 
entire Batman and Robin run. Um, and that's that's insane for me to say because I'm not generally <laughs> I'm not generally a uh, Grant Morrison fan, but I really liked what he did with um, with Dick Grayson as Batman with Damian Wayne. I've I've been on record as saying I love the pairing of of Dick Grayson Batman with Damian Wayne Robin, and that's that's where it started for me. So very nice. Yeah, I, we actually talked about that a couple weeks ago because I reread that and. I was actually really enjoying the reread. It goes on to some, you know, Grant Morrison meanders. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. But I did enjoy that. And I also forgot to mention, uh, as we were talking about beforehand, I want to give a quick shout out to the new 52 run by Kyle Higgins, because I don't think that that um, run gets enough love and it didn't make my top five. But I do think it, ha- it it should be mentioned. That was probably one of the first runs of Nightwing I ever read, because I didn't read Nightwing back in the 90s when I was a kid. And I got back into comics with the new 52 and I really enjoyed Kyle Higgins' run. I really enjoy how Kyle Riggins, uh, Riggins. I really enjoy how Kyle Higgins writes uh, Dick Grayson in general. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that one. So there we are. Those are our honorable mentions. And now officially we are going to get into our list of the top five Dick Grayson stories, at least to us, our, our personal top five favorites. So, Joe, start us off. What is your number five? So my number five, and honestly with these, most of them could be interchangeable as far as the numbering, but I kind of have an arbitrary numbering system here for the at least the bottom three. Well, yeah, um, th- so that, that's, that's kind of how mine are too, except for the, the top, the number one is by far and away the number one. The others okay. are kind of interchangeable. I'm going to go with uh, Year Three by Marv Wolfman, Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick. Ooh, and very nice. So I haven't reread this in a long time. Uh, mm. I remember I bought the single issues uh, on eBay, like, I don't know, let's say six, seven years ago. And I remember getting them and they weren't in great shape. And... I could almost barely read the uh, the bubbles because it was just faded. And I remember I ended up buying them digitally after I bought the physical comics because <laughs> I, I just wanted to read it and not have to worry about all that. And it's it's really a great book. I just listened to – I want to say it was the Batman Book Club. I, I listened to an episode of them covering it and had a lot of fun listening to them talk about it it made me want to go back and reread it and i didn't get a chance to but just a really great book of you know a retelling of of dick's origin and um another confrontation with tony zuko Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you and this has already happened joe uh i'm i'm already kicking myself for for not remembering one because yeah year three is absolutely a fantastic um Robin story, Dick Grayson, Robin story. So yeah, I'm a little upset at myself for forgetting that one, but I, I feel like, um, Robin's origin, especially the Dick Grayson version has been, it's almost like the death of the Waynes at this point. It's just been told and retold and retold so many times now. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that is certainly a fantastic one. And I'm, I'm upset. I didn't at least put it in my honorable mention. So I'm glad it made it to your list. Okay. Yeah, it's actually funny because I tried avoiding too many origins. That's why I didn't put year one in my top five. I, I notice I do have another origin type story in my list, but uh, I was really trying to avoid that. 
Right. There uh, are so I, many great Rob. Most of the of the great Robin stories told in modern day are the origin stories because it's their flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually just wrote it. I just wrote year three down in my notes because I really need to to get back around to that one. I just I just bought. I think I yeah myself and you and myself talked about it not long ago. I just bought the um, the Death in the Family deluxe that just came out. And uh, year three is a great capper for that whole story. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Okay, so moving on to my number five is is one that I've talked a little bit about before. If you've uh, if you heard my very first episode on the Batman Book Club, you would have heard me talk about this one. My number five is Batman Gates of Gotham. Have you read there. this one, Jenna? Yes, I have. Um, I don't know if I would have put it on my list. I, I do tend to always forget about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it never it never grabbed me, I know, like it did you. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm glad that it uh, is one of your favorites because, it is it, again, it's Kyle Higgins. So, yeah, and, well, and honestly, what grabbed me, what initially grabbed me about the book is obviously Scott Snyder's name is on it. Yes, um, because it's credited as Scott Snyder, uh, Kyle Higgins, and obvi- and uh, Trevor McCarthy doing the art. Was that really that one also a little bit? Oh, I think uh, was credited with a story too. I could be wrong. I, I don't, don't have my copy here, but maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, and I did the same thing. I saw Scott Snyder's name on it, and I picked it up. That's, that's right. Yeah. what I did. So they were smart with that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not only uh, a really good Dick Grayson as Batman story, but it's also it's also every uh, a lot of the things that I really really enjoy about uh, a good Batman story that has to do with the history of Gotham and uh, a mysterious uh, new villain that that actually really works, unlike some new villains that just kind of they're you know they're fly by night and they're they're here and gone. And we haven't seen this villain again, but in this story, it was it was very gripping. And uh, tied into the history of not only Gotham, but the Waynes and the other kind of rich families. So it was kind of a mystery going through the story, which I really enjoyed. So, yeah, Batman, Gates of Gotham, my number five. And I am wrong. It was, uh, James Tynion was not on that. But now, not to go on a tangent, but was that villain either teased or hinted at in Batman Eternal at one point? Oh man, it's been a while since that, I've read that, that arc. It's one of those books that it's 52 issues. I remember almost none of it. Because yeah, because I have the omnibus. I read it last year, but there's a yeah. lot to that story. So, Is that the uh, architect though? Or no? Is that something different? I believe that, yeah. I thought he might have been teasing that, but I could be wrong and it's been so long, but I was just curious if you remembered that. Yeah, uh, I don't rem- I'm not saying he's he's not in the... Uh, Batman Eternal, but or it could have been Batman and Robin. I don't know if you ever read that. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Tynan. I I didn't remember Tynan being in Gates of Gotham, so I'm glad you solidified that. (laughs) Yeah, I. All those writers work together so often, and they they usually just work on the stories together. So I kind of their names are sometimes interchangeable in my mind. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to number four. Give us your your number four, Joe. 
Well, speaking of Scott Snyder, um, I will be surprised if this is not on your list, but my number four is Black Mirror Mm. by Scott Snyder and Jacques. I am going to have to take a pass on this one, but please. Okay. um, (laughs) Enlighten us with your thoughts. (laughs) I think this was the first Dick Grayson as Batman story that I read. Um, I don't remember when I read it. I'll be honest. I think I read it after reading Snyder's run on the new 52, or at least in the middle of that run. And it's just a great detective story. Um, A great, it does a lot of great stuff. And I love the dynamic between Dick and Alfred in that story about Dick really having to come to terms with the fact that he's basically acting as Batman. And it just, I think I've read it now three or four times. And every time I read it, I forget how many great individual stories there are within the, whatever it is, 11 or 12 issue complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot going on. And I think it's always going to be remembered for the James Gordon aspect of it. But mm-hmm. there is a lot of great stuff in that story in the beginning of it before James Gordon is really even, uh, I mean, spoiler alert for it, but uh, before he's even really at the forefront as the villain. Right. I'm stressed but, because I can't say more right now. <laughs> nope, that's, that's fine. We will, we will move to your number four. And but uh, I appreciate we'll... your thoughts. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> okay, so my number four, uh, ring up Mr. Dixon again, because from Chuck Dixon and Greg Land, my number four is Nightwing, The Hunt for Oracle. And, yeah, this story, I want to say, I think this is one of the first solo Nightwing stories that I ever picked up. And it was, if you heard us talk a few episodes back about um, uh, Batman Creature of the Night, it was kind of that thing where at the time when I picked this up, and it still happens from time to time today, uh, sometimes I pick up by cover art. I just something grabs me about the cover and the cover of the trade for Nightwing, the hunt for Oracle really grabbed me. Um, It's because I, you've got, you've got Nightwing in one of his classic swinging poses. And then you've just got like the, the the little squares on the side and you've got blockbuster and Barbara Gordon. And I was just intrigued by it. So I picked it up and I have loved it ever since. It's a great story about, and I think the, the, the really interesting thing is it's, uh, like Oracle is a major part of the story, but nobody knows yet that Barbara Gordon is Oracle. Mm-hmm. So they know that she's, you know, that they know that she's interfering um, with with thing with online things going on, and like uh, Blockbuster and Dick Grayson, while opposing, are at the same time trying to figure out who this is. It's just that I I really like I said I really enjoy this story. I enjoy I enjoy the fact that not only is it a Dick Grayson Nightwing story, but it's an Oracle story. It also at one point involves uh, a little bit of, a little bit of help from the Bat family with Alfred and Tim Drake. So yeah, it's it's got a lot to really like about this story. And it's it's a great Birds of Prey story, also if I remember right. Oh, for sure, yeah, because Black Canary is heavily involved as well. Yeah, so uh, this is the one story that when we were talking about doing this episode, um, this is the one that I knew you were going to pick. So I I specifically avoided it because I knew you were going to pick it. Um, 
I know you I, didn't even put it on your honorable mention. Shame on no, you. No, I didn't because I forgot about it because I totally <laughs> just put it out of my mind. The um the ironic thing is, so a few years ago, I read the entirety of Chuck Dixon's Robin Run, Nightwing, Nightwing Run, and his Birds of Prey Run. I read all three of those as in order as I could, like mm-hmm. going back and forth between all three of them. And I had so much fun reading all of that. Ironically... I do not have anything from Chuck Dixon's actual Nightwing run on my list. Um, oh, really? Yeah, which is very weird, and you'll see what I mean once we get to some of my other uh, picks. But I had so much fun reading his stuff, um, and he does a really great job with Dick Grayson and Barbara's relationship. And that was the most fun I had with reading those three books nightwing and birds of prey in particular is the way that the characters just go back and forth and you see the timeline that he established when he was writing those books and their relationship is just so key and i think that's my favorite part about um revisiting dick grayson as a character is his relationship with the rest of the whether it be the bat family or the extended dc family because i think that's what makes dick who he is is the way he treats everyone else Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just so much to love in that story. So there's, there's no way I couldn't have it on my list. So give it a little love there, but moving on number three, tell us what your number three is, Joe. My number three is my one and only non-comic. Um, it's going to be Robin's reckoning from Batman, the animated series. Hey, ring it up twice because it's also my number three. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, so that we could talk about that together. So we can freely I mean, discuss it. The, I mean, really, Robin's Reckoning is probably for Bat fans the most well recognized Batman Dick Grayson story because it's in the most popular medium other than film, I would say, if not more popular than film, because everyone grew up with that show. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great job of doing the flashbacks of Robin's origin while also telling a you know, a new story. And I thought about just including it with my mention of year three, because it's very similar the way the story unfolds. Um, it is very similar with, with the, um, with the inclusion of, of Tony Zuko and, and the investigation into how that, how, how that whole situation went down with Bruce, uh, Dick's parents. Yeah. I really thought about not putting it in, but because they're very similar stories, but I felt like I, I should at least honor it in some way. And, it's hard not to put Robin's reckoning in a top five list of Dick Grayson. It really, it's other than, you know, obviously my, my first two picks uh, it's, it's tough to even say this isn't the best one because it's, it really is just a great, great story. It's a two-parter on Batman, the animated series. And I can't imagine anyone listening to this has not seen that episode, but I, I feel like it's probably the most watched episode of Batman, the animated series for me or two episodes. Yeah, for sure. And and I think um, a, a ton of good Batman the Animated Series episodes or stories were two-parters. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated that, especially with this story. Like, this is, this is when I think the animated series Dick Grayson, this is the story that, that my attention immediately goes to. This is what I think of every time. Um, and I, I just love the way that, uh, that Robin was portrayed in in this episode because i feel like um he's he's not portrayed as that that very 
early childhood stage of Robin. I feel like he's he's set at a stage where he's old enough to understand and deal with the problems, even though Bruce in the story doesn't think so yet. And I love that it's basically a, a pass, a, not passing of the torch, but it's it's Robin Dick Grayson showing Batman that that he's he's at a place where he can handle this. And and I really I, I just always love that about this episode these episodes. Yeah, and I love that, you know, it in the flashbacks it does show Robin as a child. And right. So you get you get kind of that juxtaposition of of him as a child and him now. Yeah, because it makes you it doesn't specifically say, I don't think, when he actually becomes Robin. But it makes you believe that it took him a long time to become Robin. He was never Robin as a young child in that universe. And I, I kind of always appreciated that as well. Right. He had to grow into it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I am I am completely with you on – that's nice. We actually have one that ties. So that's that's yeah. fun. Number three, Robin's Reckoning. Okay. So, well, we can move straight to your number two, Joe. So tell us what your number two is. My number two is the miniseries Nightwing Huntress by Devin Grayson and Greg Land. Um, I have a big soft spot. No, I would assume this is not on your list, correct? It is not. And in fact, I'm a little ashamed. I have never read it. So I don't hear about this book a lot. I have a very big soft spot for for the Huntress. I love mm-hmm. the Huntress as a character. And I think what has always made me love her as a character is um, the fact that she is definitely a darker character in the Bat Family, one that is not really accepted by the Bat Family. But Dick Grayson always wanted to find the best in her. Mm-hmm. And the relationship between Dick and Helena in this story is... Again, I go back to that, you know, what makes Dick Grayson who he is, is the way he treats other people. And because she has a tendency to act kind of like Batman, just on a more, I guess, reckless side. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that I don't want to get too much into it for people that haven't read it because it is a great story. And it's it's only a four issue miniseries. It's a quick read. Um, he sees... A lot of Jason Todd, there's a, there's a line in the book that basically specifies that he sees people that he has loved that have either failed or have gotten hurt in the line of work. He actually specifies Jason, Barbara, and Corey in Helena. And it's basically his way of saying like he doesn't want what happened to those other people he loved to happen to Helena. And it's a hmm. great it's a really great emotional story. Um, it's it's a mystery story with the mafia because that's what brings Helena into it. And I just, if people don't know about this story, I like I said, it's a quick four issue miniseries. I just, I love, uh, I love the relationship between the two of them and how Dick really does try to see the best in Helena, and she basically calls him out on a lot of things that like, you're only mad at me because I'm not Batman. I do the same stuff that Batman does. And it it makes for a really cool dynamic between the two of them. And of course, Barbara gets kind of involved and, um, you get to see her opinion on Huntress as well, even while she was kind of a member of the birds of prey. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a really good story. So I highly recommend that if anyone hasn't read it. 
Nice. I like it. And once again, you've, you've got me over here writing because I've, I've added that to the list. I'm going to have to check that out because you've got me intrigued, Joe. You've got yeah. me intrigued. And that's a, that's a good thing. I like that. I, that's another thing, and I know I've said this a few times now, but that's another thing I like about these these l- kind of list ranking episodes is because sometimes there are those hidden gems like that that maybe you haven't heard of, and that's a it's a good opportunity to read them. And that's honestly why I bring up Gates of Gotham all the time because I feel like people haven't read that story. So, and especially now where you could just run onto DC Universe Infinite and just search it absolutely so easily. It's so easy just to pull up anything just like even while we were going through the list i was just bringing up random issues just to see if i could refresh my memory and be like okay what was this issue did i like this issue and it was a lot of fun for me just kind of making up the list that way yeah for sure okay so well that uh, nightwing huntress was joe's number two my number two is and we said we'd uh i passed on this this one earlier my number two is batman the black mirror by scott snyder with jock and yeah, um, I really, really love this story. This is another uh, Dick Grayson as Batman story. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, this was the final Batman story before the New 52. Isn't that right, Joe? Yes. I don't know the timeline as far as what was what wrapped up first as far as this or the Morrison stuff. But this is the one to me that leads right into Wait, New Yeah, because I mean, Cause- this... This continues the story of Batman Incorporated. Yes, because Bruce is alive during Black Mirror, if I remember correctly. Yes. So he's yeah. already back in Gotham by this point, setting or he's setting up Batman Incorporated while this is happening. Yes, and I think one of the things I enjoy the most about this book is I love it when um, – when Dick Grayson is in the Cape and Cowl, I like it when a when a writer really shows the differences between Bruce Wayne in the Cowl and Dick Grayson in the Cowl. And I think Scott Snyder does it well here, especially right off the bat, because he gets himself in a situation that Batman probably wouldn't. Um, with the the infiltration of the mirror house. Mm-hmm. Because man, I that part of black mirror really gives me anxiety every time i read it i am I'm, I'm anxious because i'm worried that dick's not going to make it out and and i know that's ridiculous because i know he is because i've read the story before but yeah it just it it really <laughs> gives me anxiety but this this whole story from from dick grayson as batman to james gordon jr re- returning to gotham city uh, which it, this story goes into crazy depth of uh, James Gordon Jr.'s background, which is which is also extremely creepy. Uh, Scott Snyder has a way of writing creepy, and he does it very well in this book. So yeah, it, everything involved is just what makes this not only one of my favorite Dick Grayson stories, but I'm not ashamed to say this is one of my favorite Batman stories as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so the mirror house, is that where they were sell- They were auctioning off? Yeah, that's the auction house in the beginning. Yes. Okay, yeah. So that's one of those things that like you never hear that stuff talked about when you talk when you hear about Black Mirror. You only hear about James Gordon Jr. And there is so much great stuff between that, the mystery with the killer whale in the beginning. There was a lot of really cool stuff in those first two arcs. And well, and it's 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 dark stuff too. Like oh, there, yeah. there's the Peter Pan killer. 
is in this in the in the Lost Boys That's issue, right. and it's just yeah, there's so much about this that is is dark and gripping. Yeah. Well, they were auctioning off the the um crap the uh, the crowbar that killed Jason Todd, weren't they? Wasn't yes. that part of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was really really fun horror stuff that that Snyder did. And I gotta ask you, do you have Detective Eight Eighty? The the that's like probably one of the most famous covers with the Joker on it. Um, the job. Oh yeah, I do. I do not have the. I do not have Detective Eight Eighty. I wish so I did. That, that that came from this, and I had to just give a shout out to that because that's one of those issues that is worth like a ton of money now. And in that run, that's like the hidden gem, I guess, with the cover. And it's it's not an easy cover to come across. If you ever come across that for a good price, that's that's one that's worth snagging up because that's a beautiful picture. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, I actually have uh, one of my short boxes is that cover. It's oh got, yeah, mm-hmm. and and also I have uh, the absolute of Batman, the Black Mirror, and oh, and yeah. the and the back side of that is that cover. So yeah, yeah, yeah I have that's... a couple versions of Black Mirror. <laughs> So I used to, I used to have the, um, I think I used to have just a paperback, but I have a rule. If I upgrade, I have to get rid of the old one. So I have, I I actually have have to start doing that, (laughs) but yeah, um, totally worth the absolute. It's, it's great to see jocks art in those, in those big oversized pages. So, Mm -hmm. all right, well, we have, uh, we have officially made it to our well, I, I don't know how interchangeable you are. Yours, your list is, but number one for me is my favorite Dick Grayson story. How about you, Joe? So it's hard for me to say it's my favorite because all these stories are very different stories. But I think because my it, it involves my favorite aspect of Dick Grayson, and I just read this for the first time maybe last year or the year prior. And I'm very curious. I don't know what your number one is going to be, but I would assume it's not this. Okay. My number one is Birds of Prey number eight by Chuck Dixon and Greg Land. I am very surprised. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, that's that's not my number one. (laughs) So... Birds of Prey number eight is a pretty excellent story of I'm so I I've glanced through it the other day mm-hmm. and I I think it's a it is a flashback of a date between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon and the cover is a great cover of Dick taking Barbara up in the trapeze after she's paralyzed and there's a great conversation about how she misses you know flying or or something or other and dick takes her on a date and they go to the circus and dick straps her in to the trapeze and and gives her that feeling again and it's a pretty emotional story and it it goes in some different places than you'd expect. It's a one-off story. There's not a big grand, um, you know, six-issue arc here. It was just, I don't even want to, I don't even know if I want to get into the specifics of it because 
it goes some, I don't want to say weird places, but it doesn't go the easy route when it comes to how the issue ends between the two of them. And it's just a really nice issue. Again, it's just a single issue. If you read it a long time ago, you might not remember it, but I, I love the, I've always loved the relationship between Barbara and Dick. And I remember when I was reading the birds of prey run, and you always hear about everyone always says they love Barbara and Dick together. They love Barbara and Dick together. And I remember reading the issues throughout. And I, I would read other stories throughout our you know years. And you see other medium. And I'm like, everyone loves Barbara and Dick together. When the hell were they together? And it, I come to find out they were really never together. And there were a few stories here and there. And I think they finally got together right before Infinity, Infinite Crisis. Mm-hmm. And then that story just kind of went nowhere. But they never even had like an on-again, off-again thing. They, they really just never got there. So whenever you have those books where it, it looks like they are going to get there, and you see how much they truly do love each other without ever, unfortunately... I guess really taking that next step and being with each other. I I just, they're two very complicated characters. And I think Barbara is one of the most beloved and complicated characters in the DCU. So I just love the way that this story shows again, Dick and the way he to, you know, to a fault a lot of the times he just wants to see he wants to just help people he wants to just love someone and it's just a really great story it really is just a great story and to see him take her up in the trapeze and you know see how happy they are and then to see where the story goes after that it's it's just a really great one-off issue by chuck dixon and you know we've talked about chuck dixon ad nauseum here and rightfully so because he is he writes these characters so well. And that era, I'm telling you, going through that era, I had so much fun reading all his stuff. So this is the story that really stood out to me. Like I told you, I I have nothing from the actual Nightwing run, which is kind of upsetting because that run is so great. But this is the Dick story that really stuck out to me. Wow. Yeah. I mean... That's that's the one that you talked about the most on the list, so I can see why it's your number one. It's another one that, unfortunately, I've never read, so I can't comment on it. But uh, again, it's one that uh, you've you've got me interested in, so I've I've added it to my list. So, Birds of Prey number eight. And uh, what, ha- how long ago was that? When did that come out? Um, either ninety nine or two thousand. Uh, okay, so co- quite a while yeah. ago. Yeah, it was um the run starts in 1999. Okay. So it had to have been um either so it came out in August of 1999. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will definitely be checking that one out. Now, um my number one and I'm wondering <laughs> how uh, how much puzzling you've been doing over there trying to figure out what my number <laughs> one was. Um, my number one is actually not that old, but it's one that ever, I picked it up when it was brand new, and I have read it at least once a year since then. And it's just, it's by far my favorite Dick Grayson story ever. 
and it could almost, I guess it's, I guess it may be considered an Elseworlds tale. Um, and that is Nightwing, the new order. Oh, okay. Have you read this one, Joe? So I read the first issue Uh and that was it. And I never went back to it for whatever reason. Um, I don't remember why, if there was like a release schedule issue with that when it was coming out or I just had other stuff that I was reading and I said, I'll just wait for the trade to finish it. I have the trade. Mm -hmm. I bought the trade when it was released. I never read it. So that's good because that'll remind me to go back and read that. Yeah, you should. I'm I'm actually going to reread it again um, after after this episode. I don't know when, but I'm going to read it in the next couple of days. But yeah, it's it's just again, it's a Kyle Higgins and Trevor McCarthy story. So for me, that combination of guys, they just they have a way of writing Dick Grayson that hooks me. And this story is just so intriguing because it's it's set in the future. It's uh, I believe I have my trade here. Um, yeah, it's set in 2040, um, and it's just it's where for whatever reason, and I won't get into specifics because I want more people to read the story. But Dick Grayson has just gone against uh, metahumans and costume superheroes. He he actually works for the government. He um works for an organization called the Crusaders, and um. He has led this charge of capturing um, metahumans and uh, like inhibiting their their powers and incarcerating anyone, whether it be a hero or a bad guy. Um, and it just it, it becomes so interesting because there's a family dynamic there because he's estranged from Starfire, which is his wife in this story, which was his wife in the storyline, and they have a son named Jake. And it really becomes a conflict for Dick because Jake starts to show um, signs that he's he's a metahuman. So now it's 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 a conflict of interest for Dick Grayson because he has to decide whether he's going to haul his son in or whether he's going to defend his son. And that's that that internal struggle for me of of this. Almost, and I hate to say it this way, but almost this uh, this Nazi-ish Dick Grayson, and now his son is in that persecuted party is just such a it's such an interesting take to me, and also just the concept of Dick Grayson has taken what uh, his father, what Batman stood for, and has turned it against the community that Batman was a part of because. All of the soldiers that that Dick has has built that are that are part of his army that wrangle the metahumans are basically dressed in militaristic bat suits. So yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot going on to this story. Even it's not it's not a long one. You can you can read it pretty quickly, uh, but I I absolutely love it and I read it like I said at least once a year. So it is absolutely my number one Dick Grayson story. That's awesome. I remember reading the first issue and really liking it. And as you're talking about it, it was coming back to me about the first issue. Is it four or five issues? It wasn't long, right? It is. I mean, I know it's a, it's a mini, it's a six issue mini series. Okay. But yeah, I, uh, like I said, I have the trade. There's no excuse for me not to have ever read it. I'm sure it's on DC universe. Yeah, there's absolutely no excuse, Joe. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> but, uh, now that it's your number one, that says a lot because 
there are a lot of great Dick Grayson stories out there for you to have that as number one. That that's really intriguing. Yeah, that for obviously sure. means it went it, it went in a great direction after the first issue. So, well, and it's one that uh, I think I really gravitate towards stories that I feel like are kind of underdog stories anyway, mm-hmm. because and not that the story involves an underdog in it. I'm saying the title, the book itself, is sort of an underdog. Um, because I, you don't hear people talk about it. And actually, a, a year or two ago, I suggested it online. And I, I want to say um, Andy DiGenova and Brendan Lowe picked it up, and they read it. So, yeah, the stories like that, the more I can get the word out there, because uh, I think they deserve it, this is a really great story, and I, and I hope more people read it. Yeah, I wonder if that came out right towards the end of New 52, and maybe that was why it didn't. Because I remember it was hyped up when it was coming out no um it was like uh i want to say the trade came out in well let me see 2018 2018. yeah yep yep so uh and it's uh i think i want to say the the issues came out in the year before okay no I i didn't find it when it was in its single issue run i found it as a paperback yeah, I had the first issue. I don't remember if I picked up. So this this actually came out after Rebirth had started. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think I only have the first issue. I got to look and see if I have the rest of it in single issues. But I think I just stopped picking it up. You know the reason you should have known that, Joe. Why is that? Nightwings in in blue on the front. Oh yeah, I get. It. Well, <laughs> it was an Elseworlds story. They could do it. Yeah, true, it. true. Because yeah. <laughs> if it was at the end of New Fifty Two, he was uh, Grayson's yeah. secret spy or whatever it was. Yeah, right. You didn't and put any. Of, you didn't put any of uh, Grayson on your list, huh? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> and the less we say about that, the better. <laughs> I didn't find some of it, but it was. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. I didn't. Need, I didn't need. You know, Dick Grayson. You know, James Bond. No, no. But uh, see, and that's the funny thing about this one. It's not really labeled or described as an Elseworlds tale. So I kind of take it as sort of a, uh, it's kind of, it's just a future tale. It's like uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah, I always took it as like his Dark Knight Returns. Like like Kyle Higgins' version of the Dark Knight Returns with Nightwing. That's a very good description. Actually, yeah, that's that's how I'm going to describe it from now on. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if he described it as that because, I, like I said, I remember following it before it came out. And I remember really being excited for it. I don't know what happened and why I didn't continue to pick it up. But for whatever reason, I it just kind of fell by the wayside for me. Right. So I have a question for you, Joe, before we wrap up. Um, yeah. The this one right here, Nightwing the New Order, which is my number one. If I could have anyone on my list uh, adapted into a DC animated film, this would be the one. So, do you have any on your list, honorable mentions or on the main list, that you would, if you were in charge, would have an animated treatment made? That is a loaded question. See, yours is a good <laughs> one because it's a great um, contained story that would right, yeah, they wouldn't even have to put it in continuity. They would, and it's it, not fair because it's your question. Your question was a layup for yourself because you know, but <laughs> well, I'm the host, Joe, I get to do that, yeah. So, I as much as I loved Nightwing and Huntress, 
the best part about that story and like black uh, birds of prey number eight is such a short story that would have worked great in like an episode of young justice maybe well it could uh, a dc animated short as well exactly me too yeah it would be really short because it like it's one issue and it's not even a, a um i don't even think it's a, a bigger issue i think it's just a standard you know 22 page issue whatever it would have been right um that is i might have to say black mirror in all honesty because it's the one that is kind of the most suited for it that we haven't gotten anything like it because mm-hmm. like i love year three but i don't know if i need that in animation because we have robin's reckoning right yeah well it, it, if i'm being honest i was selfishly hoping you would go with the black mirror <laughs> I was, I figured I'd help. <laughs> and like, Nightmare and Huntress is a great story, but the, the part of that that's appealing to me is the relationship between him and Huntress, not the detective story that goes along with it, or the mystery mm-hmm. that goes along with it with the mafia and stuff. I, I could take or leave that. If they could somehow expand on that story for that, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I think the best one to lend to this would be Black Mirror. And I, I also, so. We each have different eras of Dick in our list, correct? Like, so I have a Nightwing, I have a couple Nightwings, I have a Dick Grayson as Batman, and I have Robin's Reckoning in year three, which are both him as um, Robin. So I think that's what's really cool about Dick is we, we found things from each era that we love about him as a character. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, and and I really liked that there was re- there was only one uh, selection that was on both of our lists. Yeah, that's pretty. Cr- well, wait. Well, no, there was two. Excuse me, two. there was two because we both did Robin's Reckoning, right? Right, but there was there, there was enough difference that we got lots of uh, Dick Grayson stories. Yeah. Awesome. Well. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on and uh, talking some Dick Grayson with me. This was a really fun episode. We're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do some more rankings in the future. Yeah, it's like I like I said at the beginning, it's fun going back and and even compiling the list because I had a lot of fun trying to refresh my memory of so many stories involving Dick Grayson that I, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I gave fair shake to a lot because there are so many great stories, and we apologize to. Uh, any stories that we left off that people are like saying, oh, how could you leave this off? How could you leave that off? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of stories out there for him, but between the two of us, I think we, we got some really great ones. Well, I would encourage um, the listeners. If we missed any that you absolutely think should be on a list or an honorable mention, again, these are our personal picks, but Tell us. We want to know. Give us a give us a tweet. Send us an email. Tell us about some Dick Grayson stories that you think are are should be on a, a top five list. Yeah, but, please let us know if you do um, take some from our list and you check them out for the first time, because that's absolutely. I would really appreciate that. For sure. Well, if anybody wants to do that, uh, this is a <laughs> it's a great segue you teed me up there for, Joe. Uh, where can they find you on social media? So I am on Twitter and Instagram as J411. Um, I'm going to stop plugging Vero because I really don't even use it. <laughs> so just <laughs> honestly, the best way to, to, to really follow me is Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Twitter is the best 
you know, place to really have any conversations or whatnot for this stuff. And uh, I have a lot of fun interacting with people on there. Um, yeah, let me know what stories I can go read, please, because I would love to to expand my my knowledge of Dick Grayson. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to find me, you can find my personal social media on Instagram, Vero, and Twitter at me Carter eighty nine. That's M E Carter eighty nine. And again, if you'd like to follow the show, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TFR Batpod. And you can you are encouraged to send emails to tfrbatpod at gmail.com. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Just takes a few seconds, and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So with that being said, today is not technically a Batman episode. So we're just going to leave you with, instead of a quote, we'll see you next time. Go check out some Dick Grayson stories. created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. Why not both? Who's your tailor? I took the liberty, sir. What's that stand for? Robin. Riddler and Two-Face can make a pretty lethal combination. Figured you could use a hand. Two against two are better odds. I can't promise I won't kill Harvey. A man's gotta go his own way. A friend taught me that. Not just a friend. A partner.